Welcome to Live Let Thrive, a podcast about the Airbnb life, the share economy, and everything in between. Here are your hosts, Micah and Steve. Hello, hello, hello. And welcome back to another exciting episode of Live Let Thrive. What is up, Micah Main? I'm chilling, Stevie Stacks. How you doing? How you doing? I'm good, man. Sorry, it was a couple minutes late. I, we were closing on a, on a deal to do some management for some more people over in Grand Rapids, Michigan. So it's just nonstop now, man. It's just, yeah, it's just craziness. So, um, how you been, man? I know you're kicking butt too. I'm good, man. I'm good. I was actually putting in offers before this, so I was putting in a few offers. I put in like four offers today. So we'll see what we can get. Nice, nice. We're plugging away. Well, this is episode 188 of your favorite Airbnb, VRBO, Uber, Lyft, all that share economy stuff podcast in the world. And we're coming at you live from, well, kind of live from Fort Worth and Arlington, Texas. And we have a special guest today, Micah. Who we got? Emanuele Pani. See, that's my, my Italian accent. Uh, <laughs> he just wants to go by E on the show. Anyways. E was born and raised in Sardinia, Itali- Italia, and came to America at 15 to fulfill his American dream. He is a real estate expert and entrepreneur with experience in investments, real estate sales, and acquisitions, and professional Airbnb hosting and management. He's the co-host of STR Secrets, a podcast that focuses exclusively on the short-term rental industry, as well as being one of the partners in Domu. Private Investments, a rapidly growing investment group that focuses on investing in middle America. In his free time, Emanuele enjoys traveling, reading, learning, cooking, working out, and spending time with his wife and pets. Give it up for Emanuele. <laughs> Welcome to the show, man. Thanks, brothers. Appreciate being here. Uh, I loved, we had Mike on the podcast not too long ago. I was actually in Spain. Sorry, that's one of my kids barking, but uh, <laughs> I was actually in Spain this summer and uh and i still remember it was one of my all-time favorite podcasts it just that the value that he kind of brought on the show and and the whole like timeshare kind of space and and how he's getting it done uh, it's super inspired so i hope to do um just a little bit of what he did for our for our our listeners and kind of share my story and and hopefully bring value to your live let tribe nation you know Oh yeah, the nation. Nation tribe. What do you guys call it? <laughs> yeah. I like nation. That sounds right. Cool. I like it. Yeah. yeah, like your your logo looks very much like a you know <laughs> like a movement, you know. So I'm like, yeah. It is a movement. LLT yeah. loyalists. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, man. I so I, I know you're about to bring that value. So let's let's hop right into it. So how did how did you get started in the short term rental space? Wow. Uh, so I started 11 years ago. Uh, and the way I started was very accidental. Actually, I graduated college with a degree in accounting and finance. I went to school in well, Geneva, Switzerland, where, uh, as you probably know, there is a lot of banks in Switzerland. So I'm like, hey, I'm going to go to Switzerland, do accounting and finance and become a Wolf of Wall Street. Right. <laughs> and uh when I graduated, it was like right after the big financial meltdown. And in Switzerland, they were not hiring. No banks were hiring. They weren't hiring Swiss people. And they're like, we're never going to hire outside of Swiss before we hire Swiss people. Mm. I'm like, okay, great. So my mom and sister were living in a fully furnished long-term rental um, where I came back into. So it was like a, a little two-bedroom. And I went to to the leasing office and I met who would then become my very first real estate mentor, my very first kind of mentor outside of my dad, um, this gentleman called Hanan. And, and he was, he, he is now a Jewish, Jewish man. And, and he, I went to meet him and he's like, Hey, what, what are you doing here? I'm like, Oh, I'm, and then my son just came back from college and he's like, okay. Um, are you Jewish? And I was like, no. He's like, great. So you can work Fridays and Saturdays? And I was like, yeah. And he's like, you can pick up the phone, answer emails and everything else. I'm like, yeah. He's like, okay. I go into Shabbat, Friday afternoon, and then I get out of it 
Saturday night. So I want you to like answer the phone, work some maintenance. He's like, are you good with your hands? I'm like, I mean, I wouldn't say good with my hands, but any kind of stretch, I mean, I can, I've built IKEA furniture in college. You know what I mean? Like that's as far as my maintenance skill went. And that was, that was the beginning, right? Um, there was a 40 unit apartment complex. I started as this weekend guy, maintenance guy. Uh, and as of September of this year, I closed on the last unit there. So I own all 40 units now. Eleven years later, and he's still a great mentor of mine. But that was kind of like my beginning, <laughs> and uh, and then over time, you know, what I mean, I started buying units, buying units when they were kind of because the good thing, very, the thing that prevented me from going to real estate, at, into going to, to like Wall Street, it was a great opening for for real estate, right? Because I'm talking about like 2010, 2011. 2012 right so the market was just recovering so we you could get into places people were still upside down you know what i mean so like you could negotiate with the banks and everything else so that's where we got started and i was very blessed that hanan being being my mentor when he there was an opportunity and he 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 got a divorce he's like you know what i don't want to stay here in the states anymore i want to move back to israel do you want to buy the business I was 22 at the time, right? I had just come to the States maybe a year and a half before that. I had no credit, like <laughs> no nothing, brand new social. Like I remember the year, the year I came, I had to go to Bank of America and put down like $500 for a $500 credit card. And that was the limit that I had. And then I could only spend 500 bucks and then I had to like go pay it. And so I'm like, Hanan, I don't have... I don't have money for this. It's like, I'll, I'll co-sign your loan. And like, I'm going to keep guarantee and you pay me every month and everything else. And he helped me buy, he helped me buy some of the units. And that's how I got started. And then every couple of years, I will refi and buy out more units and then refi and buy out more units. And I did that a couple of times until January of 2020, I closed, I had 20 units. And I closed on 18 of the remaining 20 all at once. So I negotiated all the contracts. I was managing all the units already anyways. So I negotiated all the contracts and I closed on 18 of them on January, 2020 on a seven and a half percent interest only bridge loan. I was like, okay, I'm going to get into this, get the last two units, refinance out and be out of it. <laughs> and then March 2020 COVID happens, right? So my loan that was ready to go, the bank is like, hey, um, I don't know if you saw the news, but this, this COVID thing is happening. Uh, we're going to be slammed with PPP loans and all these other loans, so we're not lending. Um, vacation rentals, the governor just announced that for the next two months, you guys can, can do them, mm. right? So I ended up being in a interest-only loan for a year and a half instead. So I ended up paying these people eight hundred thousand dollars <laughs> just yeah. just in just in money, like money that could have like you know what I mean, like could have gone to other things, right? But luckily, everything happens for a reason, right? We had an amazing twenty twenty one. We were able to January twenty twenty one. I got unit. 39 and September of this year, I just closed on the last one. And as of a couple of weeks ago, I refinanced the whole loan out. I got back all of my money. And now, you know, and now mm. everything is working, right? So that's my vacation rental story. Like that's how I, how I got started. And then in the meantime, I've just completely fallen in love with real estate as a whole. I am, I'm a real estate broker. Um, I, I own a property management business that does both residential, vacation rental, association management, because I just love the, love the industry, right? I am, I'm looking at buying a title company right now, and I, and I buy small multifamily, like 10, 15 to 60 unit range throughout, throughout the Midwest, South Carolina now. And I don't know, man. That's <laughs> 
Man, th- this is kind of how life happened. That story is that's probably my favorite story on our whole our podcast so far, man. That's just yeah. I mean, it's, it's kind of like it's just like a movie or something, man. And and, and what's what I love what I love about it is is you just like you said, you didn't have any money, you didn't have anything, but you worked hard for this guy and he saw that and he liked you, right? And yeah. so and, and and you were just, you know, you were expecting to get paid just, you know, whatever salary, I don't know, uh, hourly salary, whatever. And then that happens and and he offers for you to buy the building and and co-signs and, and it's just like and it's like they say, I mean it and it's it's the you know they they say it all the time. People sell to who they like, you know, and it doesn't have to he could have just put it on the market, got like a you know, I don't know, whatever it costs a million dollars for it or whatever, a couple million, and just gone about his way and went out to Israel. But he liked he liked you. He's like mm-hmm. you saw how hard you worked for him. And he wanted to to help you out, and then he co-signed. He still got paid and everything, but oh yeah, yeah, he made handsome yeah. money the entire time. And he was a great mentor for that reason, right? Like he never, yeah. regardless of his kindness, his intentions were 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 never hidden, right? Like he made good money on on all the deals that we did, and every time he he helped me, he came with a fee, which is which is again like sometimes, especially at the beginning, I think like when you're getting going, getting started if you get lost in the like in the right now and you forget to see what the opportunity is, that's going to end up costing you a lot more than what you, you think right now is costing. Does that make sense? Yeah. Cause I'm like, if I would have gotten lost in the fact that it was like, he makes money on me every time. Fuck this guy. Like, <laughs> yeah. can I, can I drop? Yeah. 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 Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Whew. Mike, <laughs> Mike, Mike does not allow me to like, <laughs> we try to keep our stuff more PG. Uh, oh we but, say it. yeah yeah we, yeah yeah but it's just like you know what i mean if you if you look at it and you're like oh he's making money on me every single time and then you start getting like wrapped up in that and you don't realize that like long term what are the benefits right like what are the benefits of the relationship and what are you paying for and are you paying for somebody to actually like look after your interest and they're making money like why are you making like you don't have to make a villain out of somebody else for making money mm-hmm. right and I was very blessed, man. Like I, I actually called him. I called him this morning, completely unrelated to to me coming on on this podcast. But just just to say that, you know what I mean? Like I closed not too long ago, and I got all of them, and it wouldn't have happened without you, right? And uh, and it feels good, man. To be honest with you, like it just it's just this super rewarding kind of moment in life that is not exactly how i expected it to to kind of happen like not all aspects of my life are exactly what i thought it would be but this one moment this one thing is like pretty close to like how i envisioned it in my mind all these years then it feels good you know and then you <laughs> still get into the wrapped up of like it's not enough i could do better yada 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 yeah or at least i do <laughs> right like that's that's how my mind works and just bringing myself in the present to me like this is this is what you wanted like this is happening maybe not exactly how you expected it to happen but give give gratitude to the fact that it it, it did happen how it's supposed to happen gratitude yeah. will bring you abundance my friend that is yeah cool. all day sir man so man that, that, that's an amazing story that is the true definition of refi till you die so how <laughs> now where, where did where are these 40 units at and are they all short-term rentals, long-term? How yeah, so all 40, they're called courtside villas. They're all in Boca Raton, Florida, West Boca. So they're all, they're all, we're not like on the beach, but we're positioned super well. Like if you go back to talking about like guest avatars and like trying to target as many people as possible, we're one of the few places in Boca that allows short-term rentals. We're right next door to a very successful tennis academy. So we service all of their family, all their pro players. We have hospitals. We have big schools. We have FAU University. We have Lynn University. So there is enough of a variety of people that come to Boca that we service so many people. And we have three bedroom, one bedrooms, and two bedrooms. So we have 24 two bedrooms, eight ones, and eight threes. So we can service a wide range of people. And we're in an A-class location. So it's it's... It works out great. Um, you, you touched on something there. You said you guys service the tennis players. I love how, how you did that. So how did you guys nurture that relationship so you can get 
get that clientele guaranteed to come to you. So you know what's actually super funny is the way life works. I used to play at that tennis academy when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. And that's where my little sister played tennis. Um, so the, the relationship was existing. And, and all I did was just grow it, really nurture it. And we come from a very unique kind of perspective because we, I, am, I am those families, right? Mm-hmm. I absolutely understand the family that comes to play tennis and that relocates their whole life to come and play tennis. And I know what it feels like because that was us. Like, right, my family experienced that. So I, for me, it's very easy. I know what to cater to. I remember the wars that my dad had. I remember the wars that my mom had. I remember how I felt as a kid, right? So I can really super specifically understand the psychology of my specific traveler. Then I know how to cater all of our copy to them. I know how to cater our services. I know how to help them understand what it's like to come to America, move to the States, right? It's, it's a big deal. Like it's not, it's not an easy country to come into. Like there is a lot of rules and there's a lot of extra steps that we a lot of times don't have in other countries, right? But that then creates my entire vertical for the rest of my business, right? So you come into our vacation rentals, you like them, your family relocates here, your family plays tennis at the academy, they love playing tennis there. You shouldn't stay in a rental for the four years that you're going to be here. Why don't you buy a house? Our team can help you buy a house. You should probably buy a house where you can eventually move out and maybe make it into a vacation rental. Mm. Our team can help you manage it. I love it. I love it. Yeah, I love how you did that. Now you, you're using your real estate license to build up their business. Okay, you got a house now, and I can bring other ones back in. Vertical integration, I love that. And then, hey, you guys you guys are done with this? Are the kids graduated from high school? Do you need to sell the house? No problem. We have a family that wants to buy it. <laughs> I love it. Sister, right? Damn, a title company? We're working in a title company, in a construction company, we're working in a construction company, right? So it becomes this big octopus that's all grown from vacation rentals and understanding. That's why I love this business, right? Because there are so many streams. Because like, what else can I do, right? Like, I heard you talk about like Ubers and things like that, right? I can put, I used to have my old car, used to be parked at the apartments, just for fun and i'm like i'll just put that shit on tour <laughs> right and i was making like four or five hundred bucks on a car that i i was paying like 150 bucks on. and i was just like i don't have time for this right now but how fun would that be i'm just gonna buy a couple of minivans just fucking park them there add them to my arrival instructions right add them to my email confirmations and be like hey do you need a car <laughs> just uber just uber over right so it's really understanding like your systems and your people, how many things you can grow and scale into. Because real estate as a whole is the best industry for you to add lanes to your highway. There is no other industry like this, right? Like there is no other industries that I can keep growing sideways however much I want, right? Like you want to create a nine, 10 lane freeway? Why not? HVAC system, <laughs> plumbing, <laughs> landscapers, right? All businesses that become vertically integrated with your business. Where, where does it end, right? So, so that, that is really like what's been on the f- kind of forefront of my mind, but it all, it all got started from there, right? And I didn't look up from there. Like I didn't start thinking this way. I think I bought the bulk. The initial bulk was like 20, 2012 because I worked for two years before that. And I didn't look up until like 2016. I was just in my business. I was just like, I was doing, I was doing the maintenance. I was doing the thing. I was doing everything, right? And then I met Mike, that whole mastermind group. And they just, they're like, wait, you're thinking too small. I'm like, what do you mean? This is what you should be thinking about. And then everything else, man, everything else has been a completely different game from there. Mm. 
Love it. Uh, real quick, going back to the 40 unit, you said yeah. uh, COVID hit. How did you get through COVID? <sighs> so my my bank that I like that I got the loan with is called oh, Corvest. And they're a bank out of oh, California. And they're not a public public bank. They're they're pretty much hard money lenders, right? Mm. So when COVID hit, the good news with us is with the fact that we have the academy there, I've always kept about eight to 12 units any given year. I rented what I would consider long-term to the Ever families. So those are the families that come and stay for the school year. So they're nine-month leases. We charge them about 20 to 30% higher than whatever the market rent is, but we don't get quite as high as we do on the vacation rental. So we weren't, we were hurting, but our nut was kind of covered. We asked for loan forgiveness or like loan forbearance. They're like, we don't care. Oh, damn. So they didn't give us in May. So my payment was due on the 15th of every month. In May, 2020, I emailed them. I was like, my payment is, is 10 days away. I have half of the money. I need more time. Can I have a month? And they're like, you can have a week. I'm like, okay, cool. Damn. So I took the week. I got the payments, right? But then as soon as COVID loosened up a little bit, and we were very blessed, like the way that our, our Florida overall handled the pandemic, whatever is scientifically right or wrong, it's, <laughs> it's, it's Airbnb and business right, right? So like we've been making money ever since. But those couple of months, man, we got super lucky. We got some PPP money to keep like our team, right? Our cleaning crew and everybody else. Everybody got salary. Um, so they were, they were good. We got some salary from that. But yeah, man, May 2020, I got, I got a little bit uncomfortable for a second. Um, and also because I had no prospects on who was going to refinance this. Like I had no idea if the bank was ever going to come back to us and say, yes, I didn't know how long COVID was going to last for us. I'm like, is this going to be a thing? Like people are not going to come to Florida anymore. But then all you can do is just like, okay, like I'll worry about that tomorrow. <laughs> right? Yeah. It, it's, it's in a very like, it's, it's, it, it kind of sounds dumb, but you're like, can I fix it today? I cannot. What can I fix today? Right. I can work on this. I can work on that. I can try to find people to rent units, medium to long-term, right? Just work on that. Just work on bringing some money in and then I'll, I'll see what happens. Right. And I have a yellow board here that I can show you like all the rejections, all of the no's, all of the everything. And it's, it's all here, right? All the lenders that I went to like took a long time. I have a, see, now I have a question for you because you, you, you've gone through something tough with COVID, you know, with not having that pressure on your back of, hey, I might not be able to make my mortgage payment this month. Yeah. So, you know, with this Omnicrant, I don't know what it's called, this new variant that's out, you know, new variant comes out every week. Uh, this new variant that's coming out, they're saying it's supposed to be critical. What would you tell someone who's going through like a hard money process? How would you tell them to be prepared if something like this were to happen and they couldn't like make the mortgage? Like what, what, what would you, your expertise be, be to them? Yeah, just like keep, keep moving. So what I learned from lenders has been a couple of things, right? If a lender is not super responsive, something is wrong, right? So the moment they start kind of pushing you around for a little bit too long, like I, I've been, I got hurt multiple times because I think there is still a mindset that I'm still working through of like, dear bank, please consider me. Like, please, please, please consider me. Whereas instead it's like, I'm a business owner with a successful business. I need a partner give me fucking money because I need you as a partner. It's not, I'm not pleading to you, right? It's just like, we should have more of a saying as to what happens, right? And it's like, when that doesn't happen, when you're not getting responses quickly, because at the end of the day, like whoever you work with should want to close this loan because banks make money giving money. They don't make money in any other way. So if they're not getting back to you quickly, there is a problem, right? Get a get a mortgage broker. It's hugely beneficial. I try to go like directly to small banks 
and you can get to it. But if you have an urgency, you have to go, you have to go to a mortgage broker and you have to go to a mortgage broker because they know loan programs. They understand where a bank is in their lending power, right? Like you don't get those calls, but they get like my guy, Steve works for Marcus and Millichap. He'll get the call and be like, we have 20 million that we have to lend out before the quarter is over. Who do you know? Right? So a good mortgage broker has access to line of credits and money that you don't, you don't see. Right? So he's understanding also that he's like, are you worried about his fee or do you want to get the deal done? Right? Because somebody like Steve takes 1%. Right? So it's a 68,000, like my loan was 6.8 million. It was a $68,000 fee for Steve. Is that, does that hurt my butt? Yeah. Would I rather keep the $68,000? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but did I need to get out of this loan before something happened? Yeah. And it is in the long term, me owning all of the units worth more than $68,000. Right? So it's understanding like you, you pay for what you get and, and, it's, and it's a big deal. Um, and just be ready. Be ready or be ready to be kind of scrappy. Find the ways, find the money. You know, I, I've, I've learned that very well over the years because I didn't have money all the time. There were times that like I couldn't get paid. Mm. Are you comfortable with that? Because that's mm. the thing people don't tell you. It's like this business, like, yeah, I was... The best way I have to describe it is this, right? I was comfortably uncomfortable for a very long time because I believed in the fundamentals of what I was doing. Like I knew I was doing the right things. And I understood that part of the process was that sometimes I wasn't going to make money. But I knew when I look at my, my stuff, my fundamentals, I was buying assets. I was growing equity. I was renovating units. I was investing in my business. And sometimes I was fully <laughs> deployed in all of my capital and I had no other money, right? I wasn't mm. broke. I wasn't broke. I was fully deployed in all of my capital. Uh, like I use worded like that. Right? Because you have to understand <laughs> that also, right? There is a difference because like you're broke when you spend money doing stupid shit. Yeah. If you're like, I go broke, like I went broke. I went fully deployed again a couple of weeks ago. Because we had an opportunity to buy a 29 unit in Charleston, South Carolina with a partner. And we were supposed to raise money. We raised some money, not all the money. So we had to come out of pocket. And it was like X amount of money. And I literally like, we closed. And the day I closed, I have $90 in my savings. Oh. $90. Not in my checking. $90 in my savings. Oh. Right? But I believe, and I've done everything else that I know at the end of that month, my passive is coming in anyways. So why do I need the safety net anyways? The safety net is for what? If there is no money coming in. I trust the, I trust all of those other things that we've done. I've been comfortably uncomfortable before. So yeah, I'll put all my money in on this deal. I'll take 10% of this deal they were buying in South Carolina and have $90 in my savings for the next couple of months. I don't care. <laughs> that, 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 that's, that's a strong risk right there. I like, but I like that you, I think you're willing to take that risk because you know your why, right? Yeah. And then anyways, I know my, my passive is coming in. Right. Yeah. And then I have my, I have my systems right from profit first. So I know all the buckets are getting money. And I'll just, I won't have the nice cushy, cushy sitting there when I open my bank account in the morning. I don't scroll down to my savings. I'm like, oh, hi. You know what I mean? Like now, <laughs> now, now I scroll down there. I'm like, what, what is this? I'm back in college right now. What's going on? <laughs> Ramen noodles, baby. And I'm like, what's going on? You know, but Ramen that, that you know, but that happens. Right. And then, and then the money comes in. And the aftermath gets gets put back into all, all the accounts and you look at it when you audit your money, you're like, okay, all these accounts are growing again. All is good. 
Mm. Right. I so it depends, it. man. Like, what are you spending your money on? You know, I don't even know where I'm going with this conversation. I think we're just kind of flowing. Yeah, we're flowing, man. We're flowing. So so that 29 unit in Charleston, South Carolina, you mentioned partnerships. How, how do you value partnerships uh, and um, yeah, how do you how do you make them work where they don't yeah, yeah don't, you know, <laughs> kill each other? <laughs> yeah. Um, so very similar, man. Like, I think partnerships have been a great great thing that have helped me grow. Um, so with my business partner, John, when we started investing in the Midwest, I had 16, 17 units myself. He had about the same. And then we partnered together and we grew that business to about like 140 doors in like about 18 months. Mm. Downsize a bit, sold out the things that we didn't want. And then we're not kind of sitting at like 84. And without him and like really like, understanding that the best partnership is not necessarily with people that you that you like is with people that compliment you and understanding that like because that's where i got hurt in the past is i've done businesses with people that i love hanging out with and you know when you're like all hanging out and you're like this sounds like a great idea hmm. chances are if you repeat it the next day and you're sober it's not a great idea <laughs> <laughs> right so that should not be a business, right? Like that's that's a rule that the Romans had, right? Like it's 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 a thing. It's like if it's a great idea, it'll be a great idea, both if you're drunk or sober. <laughs> nice, nice. Right. So then yeah. when you have those great ideas, you wonder, right? So having people that like complement your skills, having people that align with you in a sense of like what is their why? Mine and John is very simple, right? Like the only reason we're selling stuff is to roll it into other stuff. There is no need for money. There is no need for money right now. And also understanding what the expectations are and like really being super clear as to, because the worst thing in a partnership is when one of the partners feels like it does more than the other. And especially if you both committed to not taking any money, but then one person is doing less than the other, then the other one is automatically going to feel like either I get some money or you start doing some things, right? Like it's not, Right. And understanding that those are being really the, the things and just being comfortable having those uncomfortable conversations at the beginning. So having a conversation about operating agreements, I mean, conversation about what happens if things go bad, like having again, you're looking at like you're growing a business like there is no. You can be shy about conversations because then, then that's where the unexpected happens and that's where people get hurt or you lose money. Yeah. Lay out the expectations first. That's big time. Oh, man. I, I, I'm just curious that that hard money lender that kind of did you wrong back then or didn't was not, you know, didn't try to help you at all. You, you're probably not using them anymore, are you? I, you know what's funny? I, I was talking to my wife because what they gave us was a line of credit at, at the time, which we have paid off, which we could technically reapply for. I'm like, we should reapply for the line of credit. And my wife's like, why? They were horrible. I'm like, but at the end of the day, were they? Were they horrible? Or were they just or were they just a bank? Right? Like, like quit, quit the belief that like people do you wrong. Mm. You perceive somebody is doing you wrong. You change your perception that person is just doing what they're supposed to be doing. Right? Are we business people? Oh, we're fucking little babies. <laughs> like, you know what I'm saying? Like, because I'm saying like, you know, yeah. like they gave me like a $6 million line of credit. That's how I bought the place in like, that's how I bought the, the 18 units in a single go. Mm -hmm. If you're willing to re-give me a $6 million line of credit for me to buy something else. It's just business. It's just business. business. You know what I mean? Like I'm not, you know, and they'll do it. As long as I pay them, and that's the understanding, right? Like that's 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 the relationship. Mm. Did I wish that I had more compassion in the moment? Absolutely. Mm. Was I all like fuck the banks blah, 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 in the moment? Absolutely. <laughs> but at the end of the day, it's like where where do you want to live? You know what I mean? Like do you want to live up here at a level that like none of this shit bothers you because at the end of the day, it doesn't matter. Because at the end of the day, I'm here talking to you guys. The refinance happened. They got paid. I have all my units. 
or do I want to be in my in my wrapped up kind of like mental story of like they did me wrong and it cost me all this money and all this money could have been would have been should have been for what is there power in that like is that power in that level of thinking I don't I don't think so so I just don't want it I don't subscribe to it I love that mindset man mindset is everything so you're now up to what 69 units in total is that your entire portfolio no so i have 40 units down here in boca and then i have 84 in the midwest and then i have 29 that we just closed on in south carolina and they were under contract on like 18 more i don't even know math i don't know what that is (laughs) all together but it's 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 a bit Oh, you're, you're 84 in the Midwest. Are those like long-term, short-term? What is that? All long-term. Yeah. This is um, a, like a small town outside of Kansas City. Average rent is like 450, 550. I'm talking about like blue-collar town, workers. Just... So with those like 84 units that you have out there, that's like a good cushion for you every month just to have coming in, right? Because it's long. That doesn't come to me. Like that, that's that's all. That's part of the business partnership with with, with John was like the understanding that all of that money was going to get reinvested into into more units and more deals. And then there we learned a lot too because like some of those units hurt us real bad and we lost a bunch of money and over time. But like it's all part of it, right? Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. So that's like a good bank play for you guys. You know, you have those and then you can roll it into other investments. So now, now we're exiting. So our, our cycle for that Missouri market was supposed to be five years. Um, so we are at the end of that cycle. So now we actually have all of those units all rented up and we're looking to exit and roll the money into South Carolina. Also, because what we learned with long distance investing that has been, has been kind of big for us was also the higher slow and fire quick that's been the biggest biggest lesson especially with like long distance make sure you can get there with one flight because that's something you don't think about at the beginning but it does make a huge difference if you can get there with one flight and becomes like a eight hour trip together between layovers and whatnot and just making sure that it's it's a market that we want to stay in longer term even though we our exit was five years we're not exiting there as well as we would have hoped just because we did some miscalculations going in and the management side was one of them. Like we Mm. got hurt real bad, long distance management Mm. and took too long to fire. And that became really painful, especially at that, that level of units, bad management can really, really, really fuck you up really fast. Damn. What were they doing? Not, not collecting rent. Yeah, like we've we've had properties that we gave to them with like 85, 90% occupancy that we got back in the like low 50s. With people like not happy, collecting rents, mild, like not well taking care of units, units not winterized, so water bursts, pipe mm. bursts, all of that, right? But again, we were comfortably uncomfortable for a long time and we'll exit and everybody's going to make money. All of our investors are going to make money. We'll roll them in, hopefully all of them into, into Charleston, the rest of the stuff we're doing. And John and I are walking out with, with our shirts, you know, and some money in our pocket, (laughs) but mostly our shirts. (laughs) Yeah. Nice. Nice. So what are some, uh, go ahead, Mike. Oh man. So I was really, cause you, you did the 84 units and you have what 18 coming up. Man, you're straight up killing it. So what what percentage of your portfolio is just straight short term? My 40 units. That's it. Okay, that's it. Okay. Yeah, plus my management units, but those are not mine. So we have another like six units right now, soon to be eight. They're all uh, short terms that we manage for other people. How, how are you liking the management side with you being a short-term rental owner? Oh, I love management just because I don't think a lot of people know how to do it. And it's, and it's all systems. Like if you have a team in place and the right people and the right systems, it's, it's cake. And especially the vacation rental, the money is so good. Like if you get a, like a nice house that, you know, you're charging 20% on, like I have a lady, I, I have a house. It's a 
four bedroom house they're getting 17,000 for 49 days we get 20% of that and all we'll do is is it's going to be automated messages going out right we're going to be like obviously like our team cleans it we're there for them and everything else but like that's 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 the whole team like i have you know i have my va that that works with me for the from the philippines and, and she runs all the communications and then i'm just here making sure that like all the plates are spinning but my job is to just keep the plate spinning not actually spinning the plates does that make sense like no yes, sir like i, I don't you. i'm not holding the little the little stick anymore <laughs> i'm just up here doing this you know so, just keep spinning <laughs> I, so i have a question with that many bulk of units what's your What's your operations look like for your team? Like, so, cause it sounds like you're hundred percent hands off. So like yeah. what systems do you use? So it's all automated. Yeah. So we have our PMS is with, is with Hostfully. Uh, we still use smart BNB just because all of our stuff was so dialed in that we didn't want to change it. Um, are they still called smart BNB or they're called something else now? Is that the one that changed? Yeah. Okay. That one. So we do that. We do price labs for our pricing. And then I have Joyce, which is my amazing VA. She works with me Monday through Friday. Uh, she does all the communication for the long-term management business and all the vacation rentals. And then I have a team on the ground, husband and wife. And they have extra people under them to do all the cleanings and the maintenance. And then I have Jorge, which is our main contractor guy that kind of handles all the major rehabs, renovations. Um, and then I have a, other subcontractors, like all my AC crews and landscaping and all of that. Wow. So how do you handle communication with all those people? Like what's people, up? What's that? Oh, okay. That's awesome. Man. Yeah. Yeah. Me. Nice and simple. Like, I don't like, you know what I mean? Like you just, I, what's up everybody. Like we have WhatsApp chats with everybody with the different projects and the different things. Nice, nice. Now, now, how? What are some? What are some? A great way to find a great VA because that's where we've been struggling trying to find a VA that can handle, you know, not just you know simple tasks, but like nuanced messages. You know, something that's a little bit more complicated than a, than a simple answer. So I use this company called My Outdesk. And my what? They, my Outdesk. Outdesk. Yeah. Okay. Um. So they are a little bit more expensive. So my girl, I she's on a on a twelve month contract. I pay, pay I pay her seventeen ninety nine a month. That's what my outdesk charges me. She works forty hours a week, Monday through Friday. Um, and the reason I went with them is one, it's it's a couple, right? So they are an American company based in California that has a bunch of call centers in the Philippines. They are known for paying three to four times what the wages are in the Philippines. And they have a bunch of programs within the company that helps them with their retention rate. Because my biggest thing at the beginning, I'm not a great manager, right? Like I'm not super detailed. I'm like kind of big picture, like run with me. <laughs> and we'll both be confused, but <laughs> let's just run together and see what happens, right? Right. Um, so they help you with their basic training. They guarantee you that they have two Wi-Fi connections that work at all times. They have a system monitoring that they're actually working. And due to the fact that they pay so much higher and they have all those benefits, end up getting really, really overly qualified candidates. And then the main thing is just really a lot of hand-holding. Like at the beginning, and this is kind of counterintuitive, but the moment you hire somebody, especially a VA, their first six, four to six weeks, you're going to work more than you have in a while in that business. Just because unless you've been documenting your systems the entire time, you're going to have to be documenting them and you're going to have to train them on the systems and have them watch with you and have them learn with you and then give them feedback and then spending time nurturing the relationship. Um, a lot of people, unfortunately, so you're not like the same way that like some people here treat people in the service industry worse just because they're in the service industry. Mm -hmm. Imagine how people act towards 
VAs in 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 the Philippines, right? Mm, and yeah. so just that human decency of like treating them like an actual member of your team and like taking care of them and investing in them and understand that they have a life, they have goals, they have ambitions, right? And really understanding that like you want to find the right person long-term. I have no interest in training a bunch of VAs. They're just going to come and go. Do you have to be a, a fit in my team on a human to human level? Because the rest, the skills, it's that's what it is, right? Mm. Like you can help them grow the skills. You can help them nurture and everything else. But if somebody's not a good person, if somebody's not willing to learn, right? This is one of my questions that I ask in all my interviews. What are you learning right now? That is not, there is not necessarily like job related. Like what is, what, what are you learning right now? Right. I'm not learning anything. That's unfortunate. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> right. My, my yeah. latest, my latest, latest hire, he's, he's an ISA for my, for my real estate brokerage. It's like, I'm learning Chinese and French. I'm like, awesome. Why? He's like, I don't, I don't know. Just, why not? I'm like, <laughs> my, my kind of guy, right? Like, cause that's yeah. how I am, right? I like walk around my life. I'm like, where can my life get better? Like, where can I learn? What skill can I learn to make this part of my life better? And I just go and learn it. So I don't understand people that are not interested in it. Mm-hmm. But I mean, that's none of the people that listen to this podcast. So you wouldn't be listening to this podcast, right? Facts. Right. Facts. Right. So. That's cool, man. How many VAs do you have currently? Just two? Two. Okay. Yeah. And it took a long, was it a long process of weeding, weeding bad or ones that didn't get it? Did you have to like go through a lot of uh, ones that didn't fit to find these two great ones? So with Joyce, Joyce, we interviewed three people and I, we, we fell in love with her immediately. Like it was an immediate immediate fit like just her energy and just her kindness and just like for the role that she was going to take she was perfect with the isa we've called we we went through like six six or seven people and we just a vibe but it was like an immediate feeling also and then like kind of take that with a grain of salt i go off of energy like i can feel your energy and i can feel if i want to work with you or not and i'm very very um very rarely am I wrong. Like very rarely do I say like this person I got this gut feeling and I'm like, oh, they really surprised me. It doesn't happen. Like 90% of the <laughs> times I'm like, I'm on the money every single time. Every single time. Right. So right. and then again, it's just it's just learning that like if they're not a fit, if they don't put effort, right? Like do they learn? Do they put effort in learning? that that's what's important to me as a as a leader of and then i i take full ownership right every every meeting that we end on on friday we do an end of the week meeting i'm like my question is not what did you do for me it's like what could i have done for you like could i have done something better could mm-hmm. i have supported you better could i have onboarded you better was there something that i did onboarding that wasn't clear that wasn't useful to you that wasn't made you feel supported or understood or seen like whatever right mm-hmm. like, you gotta give a shit man like the only way the only way people are gonna run your businesses for you is if you give a shit about the people it can be you can want financial freedom and not to work and not to do the thing and and to you know be like micah and always always traveling on points and, and going to the beach <laughs> and drinking pina coladas <laughs> and then you don't take care of your people and he tells me a lot about people how you manage your teams like if you're rude to my guys, but you're nice to me, you're a shitty person, mm. right? Mm. Like you're rude to my cleaning team, but you're super nice to me. My team is family. Like my team was here for like Thanksgiving, right? You're rude to my team. I'll find out. I don't know you're a shitty person. Mm. I don't That's change. That reminds me of that Muhammad Ali quote, man. I don't change, man. Like, I don't, yeah. ch- like, I don't change. You meet me on this, like, you meet me in a meeting, I am the same fucking person. I'll say the same thing, act the same way. I'm just as kind. I'm just as loving. 
this is who I choose to be as a person. You know what I mean? Like, it doesn't matter who you are, what you do, or you work for. Like, like, you know, I'm not above anybody ever. And people that think they are, I'm like, I don't need you. (laughs) (laughs) I lived so long without you. Imagine I could live just as long without you for the rest of my life. Yeah. You know, what was that quote, Micah? Uh, Muhammad Ali said, uh, if you treat the, uh, if you treat the waitress, if you treat me great, but you treat the waitress bad, I don't want to deal with you. Because if I was in that waiter suit, shoot, you'd treat me the same way. Muhammad right. Ali said that. I was like, man, that's the truth, man. Right. That's just deep. Right. Um, e. Yeah, so how, uh, training your team, teach your team, you know, all your workers, not just the VAs. Yeah. How do you? How do you? keep from micromanaging how do you do the balance from not micromanaging and giving them room to maybe fail a few times to learn i mean how does that how does that work does it does it freak you out you don't want them to fail so bad that you're always like hovering over them or how, how does that i work? i definitely hover sometimes and sometimes yeah. especially when it's a more uh, delicate issue i'll like definitely definitely come in still and that's a learning for me um the good and bad news sometimes is that I'm so busy that I don't have time to be over them. So I have to trust, like I have to have faith. Um, and then I also need to understand like what, what was super useful for me. It's understanding at the end of the day, even when she did make mistakes, they were all easily, easily fixable, right? Like no mistake that the VA is going to do it. It's, it's, unforgivable or unfixable right and it's understanding that like quit taking yourself so fucking seriously all all the time right there is this like it's not like especially like new hosts and i see this with new hosts a lot freaking out and everything else just have conversation with people have conversation with travelers and go talk to people and it's and it's fine most of the time people freak out if you make them feel like you don't care Right. But I remember like at the beginning, I used to shake when people would call me and complain. I was shake, man. I would be so mad because it's just like I knew the effort we were putting in. They were just not appreciated. And I realized that some people are just sad people and there is nothing you can do. Like no matter how good your place is, no matter how good the experience is, no matter how clean the place is, it's just kind of terrible. And they're just terrible people. But those people are the ones that when you go in there and you smile at them, and you laugh with them, they'll flip like that. Because they've never been treated like that anywhere else. Because they know that they're so fucking annoying that everywhere they go, people <laughs> just hate them. <laughs> people just hate them. And they're just, they're just complicated. They're just complicated clients, right? But it's this understanding that it's like, do you have hospitality is empathy, man. You have to have understanding of, of like what people go through, right? Yeah. I remember my team. My team sometimes calls me like shaking, and I go to the units, and I'm like, "Have you? Are you the one that's been scaring my team?" <laughs> and they're like, and like that person would take it super seriously, but like the husband would laugh or the wife would laugh, <laughs> right? And like, and then you just need to be like kind of comfortable in your own skin, right? And understanding that like I'm here to make it better. My whole team is here to make it better. You don't scare us. We're here to help you make a great experience. Like it's that is what our like genuine intention, right? Like we come from a genuine place that's like we are honored that you chose our place. We will do whatever we can to give you a great experience, and that is what our intention is. Like our in our heart, we want to take care of you. We love hosting you, and we love that you choose our place, and we take care of them, and we take care of them because like we understand your money and where you spend it means a lot. And I don't know, especially now with COVID, like, I don't know how long this vacation took. Like, how long have you guys not seen each other? Like, we, we get it, right? I went two years without seeing my family. I understand where you're coming from. And we'll take care of this. We'll make this a great experience. Mm. Nice, nice. So, so the name of your podcast again? SDR Secrets. So short okay. term those secrets. SDR Secrets. So could you yeah. give us a handful of your very own e brought to you by e str secrets for our for our listeners yeah i mean i think that that what i was just kind of saying now that's one of them right have empathy and understand that that especially if you are coming from a real estate background and you're a long-term investor and you see 
the cash flow that vacation rentals make, please come in, but understand that you're now in hospitality. You're not longer a landlord. Mm. Very different, very different hats yeah. and very different responsibilities to your people. Again, this industry will make you a lot of money, but you also get crushed if you do it wrong. Mm-hmm. And if you don't take care of people and you don't invest in quality. So second thing I would say is quality in, quality out. This is not a thing like all of the, and I've done it, right? Like I used to go to Target and buy the college ready things. And people used to hate me because I will go in and buy every single white towel on the college line that they had. And then two weeks later, I was back because those towels are absolute garbage. Mm-hmm. And you'd wash them three times and you have to throw them in the garbage because they're good enough for you to use as sandpaper on the wall, right? They get so <laughs> disgusting after three washes, no matter what you do, right? So invest in high quality hospitality sheets, towels, beds, and there's some great beds. What beds do you use, Mike? Do you use the um, Zeni, what's it called? Zenus. Zenus beds. Like those yeah. are some great beds. Like I have guests that literally messages is like, where is that mattress from? I've never slept in a more comfortable mattress, right? Yeah. And understanding that, like when you're furnishing your place, like the best way to do it, especially if you're a new person and you don't really know, is inspect it what you expect, right? So like after you're done with your place, and you're like, this is amazing. Spend a night there, mm. right? Spend a weekend, invite your family, spend a weekend, take your place for a test run and really see what happens. Right? Is that couch? It was so cute in picture. Is that actually comfortable? Would you sit on there? You're like, oh shit, my back hurts. <laughs> right? Do you have yeah. enough blankets? Right? Like, do you sit on the couch and you're chilling with your family and you're watching a movie after a long day out? Right? In Orlando, for example, and the house is in like 72 and you're watching a movie. Do you have blankets on the on the couch? Mm. So really, like, put yourself in the shoes, and that's the way that you'll make money. Also. It's really imagine and put yourself in the shoes of the people that you're looking to service. Do it with a genuine heart of like actual service without feeling dirty for making money. Like you're allowed to make money if you provide a quality service mm-hmm. and just do it with love, man. Like it just, it just, it sounds kind of like woo woo, but it's, is the reality of hospitality is like the people. And like, if you're not that lovely kind of person, you can, you can fake it but do it like the Ritz Carlton it's it's in their it's in their books that's how they train people not all of those people that work at the Ritz are lovey-dovey people but they are in love with providing the right level of customer service or find a VA find a very lovely VA that you can hire right that gives you that personal touch it gives you that feeling of care because that's what's going to make you money I want to touch on something you said about the Ritz Carlton. Yeah. It goes into branding, right? The Ritz Carlton, you're always going to get that special level of care because you know Ritz Carlton's all about high luxury. And whenever you have that brand, your customer, the people that want to work for you are going to carry that out for you. That's mm-hmm. another good thing with branding as well. Branding and having a why, those are very two strong things right there. But yeah, go ahead. Just want to throw that no, again. nothing. But like the thing with the Ritz is through, right? Like I think like I read one of their 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 books and i think every employee had like a ridiculous limit to make any guest request happen so mm. i think it was like something like fifteen hundred dollars that anything that i guess asked for they didn't even have to ask they could just go and spend the money to make the guest a more memorable experience right and i don't remember what book it is but and don't quote me on the number but it was something like that because that's the thing right is like understanding and like it's in the culture that you teach your people. Mm. So you have to be very clear with what your why is, because if your why is just to make a quick buck, vacation rentals is not it. Like it's not a, it's not a short-term game. It's short-term rentals, but it's not <laughs> a short-term game. <laughs> like right? like it's not, you're not going to make money. You're not going to, you're not going to be in business for a long time. And if you put bad furniture in there, those are not going to be in business for a long time. Right. So you need to kind of like find a perfect balance of like where you want to be, but the minimum should be a Hyatt, right? Like we, we, we don't, you shouldn't try to be the Walmart of short-term rentals. 
because it's it doesn't <laughs> it doesn't work out and it's gonna be a lot of headache and that's actually that like what kills the longevity of of your business right and the neighborhoods that you invest in and really be mindful of like you can add a service so you can be a nuisance and if you're a nuisance you're only hurting yourself because if you're a good successful operator all those neighbors could be your clients mm. all their families could be your guests right mm. and understanding like in a very you have to look at your life as an ecosystem right? you, you don't want to kill anything around you you want to try to assimilate as many things as possible mm. into your ecosystem i think that's yeah, it i, love I don't that, have anything man. else you got a big ecosystem don't you ecosystem yeah. <laughs> i love i love it like you know and everybody knows like my my home is your home you know what i mean and like my people if we can help you we'll take care of you you know what i mean and like and that's why i choose to stay super local like i don't expand into other markets to do vacation rentals i know my people i know my market and i'm and i'm here hey what's your what's your favorite life quote in italian my favorite life quote in italian i'll tell you what we're we're working on hmm. so I, I have a lot of tattoos i don't know if you guys can tell from the thing but i have like i have a lot of ink going all over my, <laughs> and i love i love um one of the latest tattoos that i want to get is amor fati hmm. which means love your fate but it means love your fate in the sense of like and that's my next tattoo that I'm, I'm waiting to get. So that's kind of fresh in my mind. And it's just like, love, love whatever is unraveling for you in this moment right now. Because I think it's, it's always very easy for you to be like, I love my life when. Mm. But then you're not loving life now. So to be really in love with like your life right now, whatever that is. Like, are you going through a divorce? Love it. Like, can you love that moment? Can you love how shitty all that feels? And understand that like life always happens for you and never to you, right? So there is something good coming. Like if, if you love every moment, you realize that like all of it's good and the best is yet to come, right? So like just really embodying that because I think going back to how you feel after a big accomplishment, sometimes it doesn't feel as great as you think for a lot of different reasons, right? I choose to believe it's because I've seen it so much in my mind before it even happened that my mind is like, yeah, we, we knew this was going to happen. But you've been keep saying this and visualizing this for like two years, three years, right? Like it's going to happen. But then your mindset hasn't, hasn't caught up yet, right? So you're like, why don't I feel happy? I'm more fatty. What a yeah. I love it. Live your, love your life right now, you know? That's dope, man. That is dope. Yeah. See, you came on and rocked it, just like I said you would. That yeah. I, I love being here. Again, my, my only goal was to, to, to give value to your people and to, and to hope maybe, like, if you're thinking about it, if you're having some doubts, if you don't know, like, just, just have faith in your fundamentals and just one foot in front of the other. And sometimes you got to be comfortably uncomfortable for a little while. But as long as you keep reinforcing it with the right things and the right people and, and listening to the right things, right? That's, that's huge. And just having good friends around you that can like help support you and level up, right? Hmm. Your, one of my mentors, Dan Grieb, says, uh, don't worry, your, your story will end well. Hmm. Your story will always end well. Hmm. So you just gotta sometimes, you know, you have to tell it to yourself because <laughs> you're like, oh, you <laughs> should. <laughs> Life is getting a little much, you know, but you're like, oh, I know my story will end well. Nice. Nice. What's up, man? Well, cool, man. Thanks for hopping on. Where can oh, man, my find, pleasure. Where can people find you? I I love hanging out on Instagram. It's like estate or something like that. Micah, what is it? Uh, let me look. <laughs> yeah, we talk quite often on estate. Uh, that is my IG. You can reach out to me on there anytime. Um, if you are coming to South Florida or you're looking to buy a property down here, Pani Properties is our real estate brokerage. 
uh, or if you're just looking to come and stay with us, Courtside Villas is our main property, but you can reach out to us. We have other properties around as well. Hmm. One-stop shopping right here. Hey, man. <laughs> that's that's the vision. Emanuele Pani. Uh, yeah, yeah, man. It's been a great, great episode. Micah, got any more questions? We'll wrap uh, it up. That was it, man. E, you killed it once again, man. Every time this guy talks, I learned something. Uh, keep doing your thing in the real estate side. I love that you're on the buying side and you're, you know, increasing that network. Keep doing it, man. My Are pleasure. You? Thank you for having me, guys. Arrivederci. Arrivederci. <laughs> Ciao, guys. See you. Ciao. <laughs> man, that was uh, another great episode, dude. Another great episode. Manual. I was on their podcast and, man, they, they really know some stuff over there. It's a really good show. Um, definitely check him out. And uh, yeah, Manuel, man, he's killing it, dude. 84 units in the Midwest, 40 in Florida, 29 up somewhere else. Another 18 coming, man. Like, yeah, dude, I, I'm, I'm like really like, dang, he really made me think when he said, man, he just went for broke and just put all his money into one thing. He's got 90 bucks in his savings. I'm like, damn, I, I, it makes you think maybe I should just do it, you know, but I don't know. But yeah. Oh, <laughs> burn the ships, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> burn the ships, yeah. But, yeah. but he knew, you know, on a certain day of the month, money's going to come back in anyways. You know, he, exactly. it's a smart calculation, right? Yeah, yeah. If you know, hey, it's come, that's all I'm saying. You got 84 units here, 20 here. You know what I'm saying? You know money's going to come back in. So, yeah, you know, yeah. you take that risk. Take smart risks, calculated risks, right? Yeah, yeah. And he said he's using profit first. So, yeah, that, that's the way to go. That's the fastest way to tell if you can make a move or not so and we get great guests on the show this is this is great man we appreciate all y'all listening and supporting our show all these years you know starting into years and um yeah y'all have y'all have uh, pushed us to to be to be the best we can be yeah. and we appreciate that man this is um live that thrive yeah and we have our e new emails yet or no 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 live, let, still live let thrive at gmail.com at gmail.com yeah. okay yeah but live it. yeah Man, thank y'all for yeah continuing to listen. And uh, it's been years, like you said. Let's keep hoping we can make it some more years. You know, old Br Beardy Brandon's calling it quits on BP. So he's taking yeah. a sabbatical. Huh? <laughs> taking a sabbatical, right? Oh no, he, he he announced it. Well, yeah, the last episode I heard. No, 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 on his IG, he's he's oh, he's uh, done, done. He's passing the torch. He said he'll come on every now and then, but he's passing the torch. He said, "I'm gonna go ahead and let uh, what's his name, Mike." Uh, Brandon and um, Brandon. Uh, yeah, yeah. I hate I hate to say the other guy, but yeah. <laughs> the other guy's good. Yeah, 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 slipped yeah. our minds, man. I know. Green. But, um, His last name's Green. David yeah. Green. David. Yeah, David Green. Green. Yeah, 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 he's passing over. I was like, oh, but yeah. So, yeah, let's see if we can make those years like that, man. So, yeah. amor fati, amor fati. I love that. I love that. <laughs> if I could say it, I would. I don't know how to say it, but yeah. It was <laughs> All right, man. It's good. All right. Holler. All right, we are out. Peace. Later. Thank you for tuning in to this week's episode of Live, Let, Thrive. Be sure to tune in next week for all the latest in the world of Airbnb and all that entails. Bye-bye.